do, 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 do. Hi, boo. You, hi, boo. You, were you singing? No, or you just waiting? What was that? What was it? Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. <laughs> That's your own little song? I know. I didn't, I'm not even prepared for our, our music kickoff. Hold on. You know, we need to, we need to get like an, like an opening song. I know. Hi, people on Facebook. Who's watching? Announce yourself, my people. All right, Gloria. Let me tell you something. What happened? I wish you could see my face. Hold on. But you notice if I go on Facebook Live, it it, it kicks me out of um yeah, out of the that. podcast. Yeah. Do so that. record your face. Record your face so I can see your face. Well, watch it, watch it afterwards. Well, I looked the wrong direction when I made the face. Mm. Uh, a mess. You are a mess. Hold on. I'm gonna I'm do it, do this, the tunes now. I'm gonna put oh, it there, on. Oh, here go the ladies, here go the ladies. There go the ladies. Oh, shoot, hold on, hold on. Uh, I can't even get it together. Why should you be any different than the rest of us? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, love it. <laughs> you know something else? <laughs> I'm sorry, Trisha. <laughs> she couldn't help herself. She couldn't help herself, Trisha. All right, to to kick off the show today, a little tune. Oh yeah! Oh, I love it. Can we talk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting, starting, standing, and I started, started, pretending, I knew you, and you knew me too, and just like you, but and just as a disclaimer, Trisha does not own the rights to this song. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to tell coming after you, girl. Right. What a way. <laughs> well, I didn't play the whole thing. I only played a piece, so I think we're good. Okay, good. So, can we talk? Oh, that, maybe that should be the, the, the starter song. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See what happens when uh, you leave us for a little bit, Maria? We start all kinds of new shenanigans. There you go. <laughs> so, welcome back, Maria. <laughs> can she hear can she talk can, Maria where are you she left she sure did leave she said mm -mm. 
I'm not. Mm-hmm. Gonna say. She said, "Wait, this is a dance show? Oh hell no!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, she back! She back! She back! I, I hear know. the chuckle. I hear the chuckle. <laughs> you see, I hear the chuckle. Hello, hello. The, you hear me? There she is. Yes. We can hear you. Yay! Okay. Why <laughs> did you go into the woods? You what have to else? explain it. That's a long story. In an RV, in a tent, no, whatever. Well, Why? Went, the woods. I went in an RV a couple months ago, which was fine, which was great. Um, last week, I did not go uh, in an RV. In, you know. I told you, Gloria. <laughs> All right, tell me what did you go I in? got the tea, girl. Well, I did. I I went for the day. My loving uh, partner and his son went for the whole night to stay over. I went for the day the next day. Okay. So yeah. So I, I, I didn't. I'm stay glad you love him. Night. I'm glad you he loves you. But why the woods? Because it's beautiful. <laughs> It's beautiful. Yes, look at it. Beautiful outside. Too. It's beautiful. Not but look what's going on in California. Okay, that's there all. Were no bias here. They were no bias here. It was great. Oh God! It was great. The kids love it. It's better than being home. Let me tell you. <laughs> all right, I'll go that far, but not much further. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> That's really oh, All right. Um, Ellen, Ellen, happy happy grandparents Maria, day. Maria. Oh, yes. oh yes. Happy grandparents. Yes, happy grandparents day. day. Today? Yes, today. Yes, today. Oh. And now Ellen has three reasons to be a grandparent to be happy to be a grandparent. Four. Oh, four. What was that? Four? Sure. <laughs> Ellen, how many grand grandbabies do you have? Three. Yeah, that's what I said. There's three. Yeah. Don't be starting okay. rumors. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Somebody said four. I was like, wait a minute. I don't even know grand. No, no, Ellen no. Has no. A, don't be Ellen has a secret grandchild? Girl, Who? give me the tea. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mama. Ellen actually has more than three. <laughs> well, if you count that. The bonus, yes, if you count that. And Zen. Maybe she goes to have a whole bunch and of them. Jackson. And Zen. Yeah. And Jackson. Yeah. Mine are too old, girl. Mine are too old. Well, they <laughs> could be, be nephews. my nephews. There you go. They'd be your nephews. Yeah, they'd yeah. be your nephews. Oh, my God. <laughs> and in an Irish Those Catholic pieces. family, they just say, oh, really? <laughs> oh, boy. I cannot. Come on. <laughs> In January, I met my cousins from Australia over the internet that I didn't know I had. I like that. Oh my God. I love it. Well, 23 Can you imagine? and me, girl. 23 and me will tell I you can't... exactly where your family is. Yeah, well, that might not be the best bet. <laughs> yeah, you want to find my... out some of these individuals. When my family, when my mother came out here to live with her brother, he was living with an aunt, and she was called Madam. Oh. And that's why she was called Madam. 
Oh. Yeah. Okay, girl. Listen, it was a fan. It, it, she has a survive, girl. A family affair, right? The depression. What else? Go. It was a family affair, girl. You know, you use what God gave you. I was gonna say, use, tools, <laughs> use the tools you have to survive. That's it. You use your, your which brings gifts us and the talent that God gave you. Which exactly. brings us right back to where we are. What tools are we using tonight? Oh, the tools of we're doing talking about testing and in, and inspections tonight, and all, you know, all the different bombs that have been dropped this past week. Can I just share? that my school was one of those people on that list no way yes really way. what yes school way 811 x girlfriend really Ooh. yes all right all right, all right hold it hold it hold it so i could do my little disclaimers and get it out the way boom okay all right welcome listeners uh this podcast is sponsored by perfect piece of the puzzle do know that the opinions on this podcast are solely the opinion of the co-host and not a perfect piece of the puzzle. See why Council on Special Education and Parent to Parent or Parent to Parent of New York State. Um, my lovely co-host, we've already kind of talked about ourselves, but let's do our introduction again. We have, um, oh my gosh, <laughs> Ellen McHugh, she has uh He's Louise. Three boys, one of which who's hair impaired. We have Gloria Portino, who has three boys, two of which who are on the autism spectrum. Maria Liriano, two boys, one also on the autism spectrum. And moi, Trisha Bermudez, and I have one boy. You know, we're, it's all boys. What's going on here? Somebody yes. has to have a girl. Um, not me. Maria. Not it. Not it. Not it. <laughs> not it. Not, not it. it. Oh. Tag. Not it. Not it. Oh. There you go. Well, I guess. I well, guess I have I'm to. I'm too adjust. old and have no uterus. There you go. Oh my god. <laughs> I guess. And it. that's way too much information. Information. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you, Trisha. This is all about the sharing. All about the sharing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Wait, I can't. They did say. They did say this is an information sharing session. So it's they didn't say anything about too much. They just it's said information sharing. <laughs> oh my goodness, Lord! Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, sharing is is also caring, and it's it's a lot of sharing. Yeah. So, what is the purpose of this podcast? Uh, it provides a relatable oh, voice. Oh, that's Ellen's God. <laughs> it's me. I'm calling. <laughs> Uh, oh, it provides Zero, a relatable voice. Five, uh, eight, four, nine, four. <laughs> What's happening? First of all, four, I'm distracted by the fact that Ellen has well. a phone that, um, that talks. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, so, no, I live alone. Yes. I was gonna say someone's gotta talk I to me. I live her. alone. Something's gotta talk to me. That is very true. <laughs> very, very true. The cat doesn't. The cat just side eyes. Mm-hmm. Imagine <laughs> the cat did, that'll be a problem. That, yeah. <laughs> that's when oh, that's when Ellen moves out. 
Next purpose, provide information and direct contact for, with persons at the DOE to support regarding education-related services in New York City. And as we always start off, is to provide entertainment to the masses. So hopefully. Well, it's too late. We already started that way. <laughs> All right. So as we're talking tonight, we're talking about testing. Um, and I'm talking about COVID testing uh, for the return to school for the teachers and um, school inspections. Uh, a lot of bombs have been dropped this week. One of them being the uptick in numbers of positive tests in teachers having COVID. I heard 19. I heard 22. Whooped. Uh, don't, don't, I'm going to go Google. I, that's what I read the other day. Uh. I also and heard. That, and those are the ones that's, and also those are the ones that actually got reported. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I also saw an email from the first deputy chancellor yes. to staff telling them that there should be no in-person meetings at a school. Wild. Yeah. The week Wild. after everybody went back to school to have meetings. Right. It went out Thursday afternoon. After all the teachers have been in school this whole week. Right. Since Monday. Yes. Okay, yeah. It is 22. That was reported a day ago. Gracious. 22 school staff members tested positive. Yep. <sighs> and that was reported by none other than El Presidente of the UFT. Michael. Yep. Mm -hmm. Miguel Ma Miguel Right. So so that's kind of where things things are. Um and it's what did it start at? It started at sixteen. Two. Was two. it sixteen? Right. Yeah, it yeah. started at two. One in uh, uh eighty-eight in Brooklyn and one uh -huh. in something called the Brooklyn the Brooklyn yeah. Children's Center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it started at two four days ago, and then it went up to sixteen, then it went up to nineteen two days ago, and a day ago we we're at twenty two. So when are we supposed to be going back to school? Never. Never. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what to think. Ladies, what do you think? Well, well, Maria, you haven't been here for uh, a million decades, so you first. <laughs> Only two weeks. Um, what do I think? Yeah. I think that that um, this is all going to be anticlimactic. We're all like, oh, school's going to start, school's going to start, and it, it, it'll start for about a week, and it'll all shut down because all these teachers will have COVID, mm -hmm. and we'll go back to remote learning. And... Uh, part of my French, but then it will be fucked. Ooh, wow. What a way to come back, Maria. But that's, that's how I feel. <laughs> what a way to come back. Tell us how you feel, Maria. Like, don't hold anything back. 
Right. I mean, most of the kids. <laughs> I was told. I was told that there are there are more. Gloria, kids. are you doing <laughs> this? That's Jesus. no. That's right. Matthew. Matthew, oh, with ice. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> Matthew, we're gonna kick you out the house. <laughs> no, there's no hurting. There's no kicking, Matthew. <laughs> but no, um, I was told that that there were um, there, there were more students who um, signed up for remote learning than than um, than the hybrid. Uh in Jackson School, so it, it's it's just all going to go back to remote learning. Uh, I feel like it's becoming like such a waste of people's time. What are you no doing, Maria? Are you doing hybrid or remote? Or I'm doing I I'm doing hybrid, and I also spoke to his principal and asked if on on my son's days off. Could he have his therapy on his days off? Could he just go in for his therapy so that he has a more consistent schedule of at least attending school every day? So she she's she's gonna consider it. She's gonna talk to the staff and see if Did you get your related service plan? No. There's something called a PAD that's specific to related services plans. No. You're supposed to get it before you go in, and I can't remember what the P is for, but the AD is for adapted. Oh, heavens. Oh, special Education Program Adaptations Document for Blended and Remote Learning. I thought it was probably adaptive. I... I know that I, I got um I received no I I received something towards the end of the of the school year um but no I have not received anything. no 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 this is brand new no I have not you're supposed to get it by September thirtieth fingers crossed I'll read it but out to, I'll read it out to you so. Social distancing limitations will require substantial adaptations to special education program and service delivery models. Most special education programs will be adapted according to a citywide guidance. Other adaptations may be decided upon based on the individual student's need in relation to school or home circumstances in consultation with the family. Following a discussion with the family, a document reflecting these service provision details must be thoughtfully prepared and provided to the family around the start of school. Mm. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I mean, look, my school has been really great with, you know, getting me all the documentation that I need, and so I'm not... I'm not worried about that. I, I I know that they will accommodate Jackson um, as much as they can, but um, I I I don't see this happening for a long period of time. I think we're going to shut down again, and you know, come the end of October, we'll be back to remote meetings. 
Mm. Which sucks. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I'm not looking to play Pollyanna, but in some ways, I'm glad about remote learning. Because so many teachers have absolutely positively flatly refused to do any sort of assistive technology with our kids that now they're almost in a spot where they can't not do some sort of assistive technology, whether it's making um, materials larger print for those who are visually impaired or have a learning disability or using other uh, techniques online to talk to children, to reach out to children. I have a grandchild with a speech and language issue. Granted, he doesn't live here in New York City, but the related service provider has been more involved with his speech and language than ever before, including reaching out to his parents, hmm. which is one of the big things. Yes. Prior to this, when did you hear from a related service provider unless it was, you know, parent Right. Yeah. Or, or unless you showed up at the school and said, hi, I'd mm -hmm. like to uh, see the related service provider and then, you know, mm -hmm. But now, because parents are the therapist, the nutritionist, the mentor, the psychologist, the teacher, the chief cook and bottle washer, you have more input with the related service, says me anyway, from what I hear. I mean, you know, you know how I feel about this whole thing. It's it's a double double edged sword where it's yeah, I I like the fact that I get to see what what the related service providers are doing because again, you know, I, I felt like I was asking questions to get answers and you know, from what I'm seeing, the answers I was getting weren't I wouldn't say accurate, but uh, a true depiction of what the question, what I needed out of the question that I asked. So for me, I'm like, okay, this is great, but um, the actual backbreaking part of it, it's it does it takes quite a toll, and it's I don't know I, what's what's the resolution for that. It's definitely not learning bridges. I'm not sending Matt to somewhere that he knows no one. Um, and I, I know nothing about how they can support him. Um, on top of that, they, I, I don't know. It, it'll be the same kid. Our kids are not that adaptable to circumstances and situations. So how does that look? What does, how does that help them going to learning bridges? You know, they go to learning bridges and they become frustrated because of course it's whoever's there learning them, they're learning that person. And then learning bridges is over for the week and they, he ends up back at school. And now we're in this vicious cycle where now 
he's back with his teacher, but he has adapted to this whole different circumstance. So now they're not adapting all over again. And so annoying. It's very annoying. So how how do you find it to support your kids at home without becoming frustrated with the whole situation? Like, how does that work? Because it can't be another 12 months of what I just experienced for six months. Oh, I think it will be. I think we're looking at January or February before they even find a vaccine in June before it's available to the vast majority of people. I'm not taking that vaccine. <laughs> you can, you can You're not? Nope. No, ma'am. I am not. Why not? So I read an article. Oh, there's a lot of articles. I read an article that stated, okay, took a whole ton of years for them to come up with the uh, inoculation for chickenpox, right? But that didn't even happen and really get, I guess, uh, if truly effective. For 25 years after that. So we're just going to take something that they came up with in not even six months. Less than six months. And I'm going to put that in my body. At this point, I just rub my chest just to get in COVID again. I know what that's like. That's interesting because now that you raise it, how long did it take them to develop a vaccine for polio? Right. I don't yeah. know. And and I read somewhere that, again, which is, is a theory that we all know very well, the flu shot. The flu shot is out there. The flu is still around. Oh, yeah. The effectiveness of the flu shot is not 100%. The strain of the flu shot is based on the previous Changes years. So mm-hmm. how, like, what? that's not even effective. You know, and of course, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, uh, uh, you know. You don't even play one on TV, right? I don't, you know, I like to Google like I am a doctor, like but I'm, you know. I'm a part of Chicago Med's team from the show. <laughs> but, um, no, but I mean, just, just in theory, thinking about it, I'm just like, how does this work? How does, how do I, how do I validate taking this thing when it, it seems so rushed to get it done? What's the effectiveness? Yeah. Because clearly, well, AstraZeneca is the current folks doing it. Um, and they had to stop their trials because of the side effects. Now, right. that's not a vote of confidence in that right. vaccine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that, what it that, is. That's exactly what I'm worried about. Yeah. I well, I'm, I, I'm, 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 yeah. I agree, Patricia. Well, oh, I, I'm still here. I was listening. I was listening. Um, and since I was doing dishes, I actually muted myself. Um, so, there you go. I, I like you guys, you know, you guys have heard my personal 
feelings on vaccines. Um, I, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just skeptical about them. Um, and I, I trust Dr. Fauci. Um, we were actually friends on Twitter. And when Dr. Fauci says that vaccine is ready to go, it's the only time I'll ever take it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when my, well, you know, this is a man who actually, people are alive today who have HIV because of this man. You know, um, 20 years ago, people were dying left and right. And people are living long lives right now, even having HIV. And this man was instrumental, if not singularly um, the person that worked on that strain for so many years. Um, so, I, you know, obviously my, my theory on my children's autism was triggered by the MMR. I'm not afraid to ever say that out loud. I know what I lived. I'm not a hysterical mother. Um, but I know what the milestones we have reached and all of a sudden we had lost everything. Um, so I'm always skeptical about vaccines. Um, so not that I, I, I tell, tell people not to get vaccines. I just tell them to space them out. Do your research. Ask your doctor. Trust. Get a pediatrician who trusts your who trusts you as a parent, who trusts your opinion and doesn't look down at you and says, well, I'm the doctor. Where did you go to school? You know, um, before there were doctors, there were mothers, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, you had to trust the mother's instincts, you know, and I trust my instincts. I know that I've never hesitated to say that I feel that that's what exactly what happened. Um, does it change? Um, what is, it is still too true to this day. I think it was just fate that that was what was supposed to happen for my children. Um, and would I change it now? I think this, these are the children that made me the woman I am today. So I probably would not change that. I'm thankful for the experience. I'm thankful for the journey. Um, I would not have met you guys had I not been on this journey. And countless mothers who I respect and have learned from, you know. So, you know, though I wouldn't take the first batch of vaccines, I certainly don't buy a model, a new model of a car when it first comes out either. I wait till they work out the kinks. Uh, but at some point, we're going to have to, if we don't actually start treating this COVID, it's going to mutate and it's going to get worse. So you've so got to have Googled, something that you can control. So I Googled Jonas Salk and the polio vaccine. He announced the development of the vaccine in 53. They did clinical trials through 54. And then in 55 began using the vaccine more generally. So we're looking at two years, ladies. I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. Right, but they're trying to expedite it in, in less than six months. Well, they it's also being made political. Yes, it's say it, Gloria. Preach. It's very political. It's because somebody wants to win an election because they handled this oh. wrong. Exactly. You know, so now there's that pressure. You know, so I'm thinking all those people that follow him, how about you guys sign up for the first trial? Nah, Whatever happens, oh, 
don't have a vote of confidence. I would need to see that come out the lab and be injected in somebody, and I still wouldn't believe it. So, uh, uh, well, you know what? We can use bleach for the people who support this uh, this so called uh, COVID denier. <laughs> I, I here's my thought. Tell us your thoughts. I I I think regardless of you know I I respect. Dr. Fauci um, and his experience, right? That's a Brooklyn man from Bensonhurst. I, I know. This is this is why I, I respect him, you know? <laughs> I'm raised in Brooklyn, so, you know, I respect the man. But I don't know. He's, he's, it's, it's, he's a different man now than when he first uh, helped in this great stride of of the HIV AIDS uh, era. He he's not in the labs. He's not the man. You know, he's not that man. He's not sitting but there. But that doesn't take away his, his no, 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 I'm saying I'm saying that on the strength of him being um having the vote of confidence in this vaccine um he's not sitting he's not in the he's not sitting there with them that's what i'm saying let me let me correct you on that because when ebola came out he was one of the first persons treating Mm -hmm. treating so yeah he yeah he was out there he was on the ground with everybody it's you know he was he was in the lab working on for Ebola. Yes. Is he but I think I today? understand Trisha's point. When you become I, I more of it. a... When you become well, more listen. of a commentator and less of an individual who does the work, yeah, you can okay. be... Just... Yeah, so and that's is... what I'm saying. I, I, want, I, I would feel... I would feel where you are, Gloria, if he was... Hands, hands on in the in the lab doing it. I think what it is is that yeah, who's scraping plates? Who's, who's scraping, scraping plates? Me. It's Ellen. Ellen's having dinner. Is that okay. Ellen's cat? Is that <laughs> Ellen the cat having dinner? Cat. No, that's the cat. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the cat. Oh my god, she's she hysterical. Is. But yeah, I I get it. But you know what? I also. Do we have if you have an, a master surgeon who has been doing surgeries for years? I don't, I don't need him to actually be in the operating room to still guide those in front, you know. I mean, that's True. like me and Ellen staying on, that's like me and Ellen staying on past our time. We are at oh, the yeah. stage in our lives that we are stepping in a different direction to allow you guys to start setting, you know, breaking new norms. We'll be here to support you with the knowledge we have now. But we'll oh, no, no, there. no, I'm going away, I'm going away. No, no, that's not true, That's it, it's in your blood, so stop it. Um, she can't go nowhere. You know, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she can't go nowhere. Exactly. I'm moving to Australia. Oh, yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah. With the new family eh? members? No, that's not how <laughs> Exactly. Works. Exactly. Not with Bo and John <laughs> and baby girl. Girl, bye. <laughs> no, yeah. that's not how yeah, that no. works. 
Yeah. But no. All right. So here, here, here's the angle, though, right? Mm-hmm. In, in the time that he has not been in the lab, right? Mm-hmm. There has yeah. been new technology out, all this stuff. Not this. All right. Not to full disclaimer. I'm not calling a man old and archaic, but. But you, you are. Know, <laughs> I said this out, your list. All right, Gloria, we're out of here. Uh, <laughs> we're old. Yeah, we're old. No, I'm, I'm speaking in terms of the change in in technology, uh-huh. equipment, uh-huh. totally different things. Uh, uh-huh. uh whatever. Uh-huh. I, that's where I'm. I'm thinking like he might not be. Or the innovative thinking that that is needed to I don't know. Well, the other the other end of that is this is a man who was at the forefront in doing other research and has certainly earned the right to say to people, you must be aware, you must be careful, you must pay attention to what your doctors tell you, you must take the steps, the precautions. So, in in that respect, because he's well respected in the, in many communities, not just in the medical community, it's good to have him out there saying, "Folks, pay attention, take steps." The mm-hmm. end of the discussion, of course, is going to be how quickly, as a nation, we respond to this, and I don't think that as a nation. The response has been coordinated. I mean, even today on, uh, I, I wasn't sure which news show I was watching because they all seem to run together. But they were talking about the fact that the governors are in charge. So you have 50 states and you have 50 versions. In Texas, they don't wear masks. In New York State, the governor wants to find you $50 for not wearing a mask. In Michigan, they leave it up to the municipalities. In New York State, the, the mayor says to people, wear your masks or don't go out. So you've got 10 different, I that's just the four that I could fit off the top of my head, but you've got 10, 12, 15 different methodologies and you still, in Maine, the governor told people they shouldn't have gatherings of 50 or more. Oh. In a small town in Maine, they no had a way. wedding oh. of 62 people, but there were 50 other people in the public dining area. So, you know, I, I understand exercising your right to freedom. But I don't understand exercising your right to be a carrier. I'm sorry. I can't deal with that. And just to bring it back to where we are in New York City, if the the first deputy chancellor is telling teachers that they should not have in-person meetings while in a school where they are doing in-person education, why would we, as a mother or a father, write 
I don't believe in the remote learning. And like I said before, it's maybe wishful thinking or rose-colored glasses that staff will now look at assistive technology with a different eye. But like staff, I'm not willing to put my kid, myself, my family in that pressure cooker. Is it a guess every day? I have a friend whose husband is a, um, an EMT. It's funny in one way. They live in an apartment building, and she has a bag outside, and she makes him strip down. That's funny in one sense. Right. But it's not. She doesn't want him bringing that stuff into her home. Is she extreme? I don't think so. At the same time, others would say, well, that's, you know, it's fate, it's God's will, it's the hammer of God. I don't know what people would say. It's part of the fires in California, the COVID vaccine, the failure of our economic system. I mean, the only thing we need now is locusts. Oh, my Just God, complete. you're the second person I heard say that. Well, <laughs> listen, they found, I, I saw somewhere that some lady found this huge, like, bug sitting on her arm. Oh. But it's, like, a strange-looking bug thing, and it was looks huge. I don't, I, I, no decision is, a, is the right decision, good decision, or bad decision, Right. I stick to the theory of um, it's an individual decision. It's never a lump sum decision. You can't broad stroke this whole thing because it doesn't work. Broad stroking is, that is definitely not the option. Um, it's, a, it, it's definitely an individual decision and how that works for you and your family. And still, I have the question about the rec centers and how they did so well without having cases reported. I'm so lost on that. Fewer people, larger rooms, ability to, I guess, sanitize. But in the same token, isn't that the, the goal that we are we are doing now is fewer people, larger spaces? Not if you're talking about 600,000 people opting to send their kids for a blended program. We're a bigger school system than all of Massachusetts. All of Massachusetts. And Trisha, Trisha all these I have a question. Have you seen some of these District 75 classrooms? Oh. I was part of the Blue Book. Wait, I was part of a, the Blue Book working group that was created by Carmen Farina. At the fight and the criticism that a lot of uh, parent advocates um, criticized, you know, how the Blue Book was created and, and did it really actually depict what a building, a school building looked like. You slap a, a lot of people. A, a don't door. Know. Wait, Gloria, stop, yeah. stop. Yes. A lot of people yes. listening might not know what a blue book is. Right. Okay. okay. All right. So the blue book, it, it explains the actual footprint of a building. It tells you 
um, once a year, parents, uh, actually school administrators go through the building and they actually have to send back this form back to, you know, this uh, district planning um, on what each room's purpose is. And district planning will then put that in a book. Um, and what it does is it actually turns around and actually, uh, it gives an explanation of utilization, which is not, uh, to be honest, it's just bullshit, to be honest with you, because you know what? They'll take a closet, slap a door on it, and call it a classroom. Um, in no, a therapy you, room. That's a therapy, a therapy room. Yeah. Well, I'm saying they'll right. call it, they'll call, yeah, but they'll, some, I've seen classrooms, Ellen. I've seen, I did that walkthrough that was in Far Rockaway. Remember that we, you and I saw, Ellen? That yeah. there was a classroom with fans for the for the public school students. They have fans, box fans, to promote ventilation. Mm. And the charter school had a chess room with chess where kids in the chess in the charter program had a chess class. And yet the public school students were sitting in a classroom with fans with the door open. Kids who had asthma and respiratory issues didn't have proper ventilation. And yet mm. still the DOE insisted on calling these rooms uh, appropriately utilized spaces. It is disgusting. It is disgusting. So I agree with you guys in the sense that I, I, I'm with Ellen that, you know, when, when we say, you know, when I tell you guys that when I was part of that Blue Book working group and I challenged Carmen from India to tell me that she could actually slap a door on a closet and call it a classroom, you can't sell a, 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 a house with a room with no closet and slap a door and they call it a bedroom and it does not right. have a closet. Right. You can call it a den, but you cannot call it a bedroom. Mm -hmm. You know? So if you call it by any other name, it's not the same thing. You can't call it a, a classroom, and these classrooms are disgusting. And children who are District 75 students who tend to have behaviors are usually on medication for behavior, behavior modification for underlying issues such as diabetes, um, hypertension, because they tend to be very, very big because medications make them weight gain weight. Try putting two kids who are over almost 200, 250 pounds each in a classroom for a, a, a so quote unquote six students with two paras additional from the power that, that works with the teacher. Have you ever seen what that looks like? Yeah. Do you think that that goes down to separation? I, I sometimes worry that the way we segregate and separate out our kids is leading yeah. to this, well, you know, we really don't have to pay a whole lot of attention to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, I think you're right, Ellen. I'm, I, I, I have never been none too pleased about the setup of District 75 spaces, not even school spaces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the way the way it's not even chopped up, you get half of a hallway of a whole school building. 
or half of, half of one floor. Boom. There we go. Half of a floor, one hallway. And then you slap uh, one, two, three, four classrooms. And in one classroom, half of it was a therapy room. And then you smush two other therapies into another room. And how, how does that work? Our kids have a hard enough time focusing as it is. And now you got to deal with the teacher teaching their class. And now the kid, the two kids that's in therapy are also trying to focus on therapy and the teacher teaching class. I was never big on in classroom on having the teacher come to do therapies in the classroom for a number of reasons. I think having the teacher come to work, you know, a colleague come to work with a teacher who's got a classroom that's not an ICT class, that's a general education class but has kids in it who's, who have IEPs, is a better plan than having a teacher push in. For a number of reasons. One, everybody always talks about privacy, right? And you shouldn't let anybody know children have an IEP. Now, Mrs. Jones comes in and she takes four kids who are struggling. And why does she think that the rest of the third grade class hasn't put two and two together and said, oh, that's the special ed teacher. I see her all the time. Those must be the special ed kids. Where, you know, where's the logic in that? But in the interim, Mrs. Jones comes in and takes four kids aside while Mrs. Smith is in the front of the classroom doing math or geography or whatever they call it, social studies or penmanship. I don't know. So how do you, how do you justify to me that the child in need is getting the appropriate service when the child in need is being separated from his or her peers while the primary classroom teacher is doing something else. I don't know that separate therapies is always the best, but I will say this. My son went out of the classroom to his speech and hearing education services. I worked very hard with the school to make sure that he wasn't taken out during major subjects. Initially, and it still happens, Wednesdays is a, is a, a shortened day because a lot of kids still go for religious instruction. So he got his therapies on Wednesday. And on Thursday, when the kids, this was the school, every other Thursday, they, they had assembly, which was usually somebody saying, don't forget to buy this and don't forget to tell your mother. And, you know, this is the student of the month, which is not a bad thing, but it's not education. So he'd wind up not going to assembly and on Wednesday afternoons, he's get, he, he would get therapies. It still happens. There's still religious instruction. Kids are still released. Does anybody say to the mother or father, well, uh, Mrs. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, you know, 
we have X number of days where things are not necessarily academic, what do you think if we take them out of assembly? What do you think if we do this? Or what do you think if we do that? Or what do you think if we bring them in before school, which you can do, or after school, which you can do? These are the things that are more more instructive than not, but this is the requirement for an informed decision. You have to be given enough information, you as a parent, to make an informed decision. How does your building work? Also becomes part of the informed decision. And I know I'm on a soapbox. I apologize. Nope. Because it's helpful. Because, I mean, I feel like it's it's part of part of the problem of inclusion, not inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, a part of us being shoved into a corner of a building. Even though, you know, all the, the at, at least Matt's school, I, I know that, you know, Matt is a celebrity <laughs> in his school. Yes, he is. In his school building, the whole building at that. Because um, he goes to the the um, gen ed principal. They know him. The secretary knows him in, in the gen ed side. Like, they all, Matt's a celebrity, yeah. So I know they do a lot of incorporating amongst amongst the school which is nice but it's like they're in this little corner like a little cubby hole and barely have enough space to breathe how does that work well we have a, a space crisis right yeah has anybody well, looked at the 59 now? schools that are self-contained buildings for kids with district 75 district 75 program i'm willing to bet that of 59 schools Half of them, half of them being old schools, could fit other programs. What would be the harm when we talk about inclusion, integration, diversity, our vulnerable children, whatever other buzzwords we want to use, to look at District 75 schools and say to families, there's space here. Maybe I have we, no problem with that. I ha, where my but the system is, does. It's I my problem is where give us give us a whole a whole floor. Let's do that. If we're talking inclusion and and, and diversity and all these nice buzzwords, do a whole floor. Stop cramming kids into half of a half of a floor. Don't do that because there's not barely enough space for them to stretch out and breathe and learn and grow and and be able to actively do what is needed for them to progress. I happen to believe you're right. Just just the same way that uh, Success Academy can get a floor, a whole floor in a building, give a district, if we want to say 
uh, a building is 100%, right? Give our kids 25%, which is one floor. Say that's four floors. Give us one floor of that building. The first floor, that works well for me. <laughs> but you can't, you can't say we're doing inclusion if you're only going to give the kids less than that. That doesn't work. And this is why we're all crammed up on top of each other. Schools cannot, the the really good schools, District 75 I'm speaking, don't even have the capacity to take the kids that want to go there. Then you're technically investing time into the really not so spectacular District 75 schools, but they have all this space. What what are we what are we doing about educating and supporting our kids in the most uh, effective way. It, I don't know. Soapboxy. Which yeah, like, you know, two? <laughs> raising the question begins the conversation. I know that sounds too fuzzy to believe, but raising the question begins the conversation. Somebody has to start it. Well, I'll start it because I've always hated that idea. Like, there's there's non-public schools, huge buildings, bunch of space. And I was just so impressed by that. Like I that's that's I wanted to sign up for that. Like let's put my kid there. Mm -hmm. Like let let's give them the chance that they deserve, you know, give them the space that they need. Don't just because our kids have you know have disabilities or or may not be up at grade level like don't treat them like that treat them like they can be as successful and as as accomplished as they want to be by giving them the tools and the space that they need but they're that's not being done and it certainly gives the staff a certain sense of recognition it makes them feel like not only i know that they feel that they make an impact but you also face the real issue of they don't feel valued or, I don't know, admired? That's a lousy word. Valued is probably the better word. Mm -hmm. By their co-staff. We've got to do better. And and if if COVID is the reason we start thinking 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 out loud, not even thinking outside the box because we've been doing that. This is our our world. But thinking out loud, so that when we come on the other side of this thing, that the the actual necessary changes are put into play and not just verbal diarrhea of somebody just wanting to because <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's all that's all we get is a bunch of yes 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 of course i hear you miss so-and-so mr mm -hmm. so-and-so mm -hmm. we can actually do that and then mm -hmm. you turn around and that does not happen and you're still back at square one being frustrated and upset like that doesn't work that's not helpful to my kid that's not helpful to anyone's kid and how can you how can you tap yourself to 
you know, success. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people that work with students with disabilities feel entitled to um, accolades because, oh my gosh, you're working with these poor individuals. So great for doing that and selfless when in all actuality, you know, it's easier to slack off with our kids. I want to go back to something you said. Outside of these poor individuals, the assumption or presumption on the larger society is that all of those children with special needs have, whether you call them kids with special needs or kids with disabilities or kids with IEPs, you know, all their parents are needy. They're needy. They come from needy backgrounds. They don't have much. They need a lot. They need, they need, they need. Yeah, what they need is respect. And what their parents need is a reciprocal respect because their parents bring information and techniques to the system that religiously tells us that they don't know what to do, that they're at, at wit's end, that they're not sure, that they haven't been, that they, get, that they can't be. The assumption on the part of a system that anybody who has a kid with an IEP is needy is an affront to me as an individual who has a certain, and I'm not talking about white privilege. I'm talking about the fact that I have a certain intelligence or a certain knowledge of my child that this system refuses to recognize. But it's really easy to type me and say, oh, you know how that parent is. You know how needy they are. You know they don't have a lot of resources. Anybody who's Italian knows what I said. There's what no cursing. I'm right here. I was like, wait a minute. Where's my unmute button? Wait, wait. I need a translation. I love it. Oh, my God. No, I totally agree. You know, I actually heard someone who did not think that, they, that I had heard them refer to me as a Munchausen mom. Whoa. Wow. And let me tell you that there was a streak of F-bombs that came out of my mouth. Not everybody because, knows what a Munchausen mom is. Okay, yeah. Uh, Munchausen by proxy is a condition or, or a classification that they have given moms who are always looking for an affliction for attention for their child. And, you know, and it was funny because I was livid. Can you tell us that I was referred what, uh, to that way? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, of course, 
all the fucks that came out of my mouth. I mean, I was livid. Yes, I was livid that someone would have the audacity to think that I would actually want my child to have any affliction. And because I needed attention. I knew who I was before these children were born. I didn't need attention then. I don't need attention now. What I need you is to recognize who my child is. And I know, and I, I actually had a, 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 I actually had a, a frank discussion with a, a former AP at a District 75 school that I will leave unmentioned because everybody will know who it, who it is. Um, but she actually said to a parent. Wait a minute, Gloria. Wait. Yeah. Why is it a frank discussion? Why couldn't it be a Betty discussion? Why does it have to <laughs> well, be frank? Right. Let's yeah, well, you're right. You're right. It was more of a Betty. I actually had to pull her coat <laughs> because she, she actually said to a parent that she was the autism expert. Mm. Not that, not them. So when they were making suggestions to her, she said, "Well, you know, you're not the autism expert. I am." And I oh, literally was the... walking by, yeah. And I looked at her, and I and I like my face was. I guess that was the only time I actually had a poker face because I my 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 neck didn't snap when I when I heard her say that. So I said to her, to the you know, I I saw the parents, and I didn't want to alarm them as to the fact that she was actually being belittling to them. Um, but I said to her, hey, Jamie, when, you know, oh, sorry, um, when you get, um, when you get a moment, can I speak to you? <laughs> and I pulled her coat and I said to her, let that be the last time that you tell a parent that you're an autism expert. Hmm. I said, let me be very clear. Do you know who the expert on that child is? That parent. The mother, the father. You know why? Because when they left the hospital, they were not given a handbook that said, this is what to expect with your child, uh, or if you see a child with a disability, this is what you should expect. What they said was, thank you and good luck. I mean, you're welcome. I mean, congratulations and good luck. And they sent us on our merry way. And it was figuring yep. out who this child was, what we were going to do with them and with ourselves and with everybody that was going to live with this child and to still manage to find the space in our hearts between the morning of the child we thought we'd get, uh, nurturing the child that we did have, you know, and not losing your sanity in trying to judge yourself as to what you did to make this child this way. So I said to her, the next time you wanna be condescending to a parent, Remember that it is not, you should not be condescending because you're not even a parent. So how dare you tell them that the expert on these children is you? Mm. I said the expert is, is, the, is this, is that parent, those parents who have figured out how to keep their child safe, advocate for their child to have a safe environment where they can get educated, whatever that looks like for that child, and not strangling you. So they've already accomplished all three things. <laughs> and she was like, I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry. Be careful. Take that out of your language. Don't ever let me hear you say that to a parent again, because I will put you on blast on everything that my, that, that, that has my name on. You know, I said, how dare you be so disrespectful to those parents? Those parents felt humiliated. 
And though they were trying to look like they were being humble and respectful and grateful that you were giving them your expert opinion, your opinion wasn't needed. Your guidance was needed, your support was needed, and your understanding for their concern was needed. And that's all your job here is to do. Not to make parents feel worse about themselves. I think that's the one thing that staff doesn't get when either they're in undergraduate school, graduate school, or actually working. It's the one one reality that they never grasp. Yeah. No, they face it, but they face it with the defense, which is, I'm the expert. They don't unless grasp they become, the understanding. Unless they become a parent of a child with disability themselves. And then it becomes so different. I think you can be empathetic without yeah. being the, the parent of a child with an IEP. But I don't think you can ever be influential when your approach is to be belittling. Yeah. Well, it's sort of like they don't teach you empathy in medical school. And they mm. should. Because mm. bedside manner is key. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Someone walking in and telling you, well, this is your diagnosis. And you know what? If you don't stop doing this, this is what it is. You know what? If you say the same thing but saying, you know what? This is what your test results are saying. This is what the approach that we're thinking. And here, we, and I'm here to support you and we're gonna get through this together because I'm your doctor and mm. you trusted me enough to come to me for treatment and I'm we're gonna figure this out together. Mm. Because you may not resolve the fear that they feel, but you will ease their their anxiety because you spoke to them and not at them. Mm. Well, if we had a school system that taught empathy starting in pre-K, maybe we would have better doctors. <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't say much, but she says it succinctly. Yeah. She drops the gavel oh. every once in a while, you know. Oh. And puts those bombs in there. Mm. Mm. I'm 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 sensing a little a little frustration, Maria. Am I wrong? (laughs) You know, it's just you know I I think I'm just straight to the point. Like I just I can't bullshit. Like it's it's you are too for two tonight. Wow. Wait, so is this, is this bullshit on the part of the DOE part or, yes. or us? No, no, DOE. Okay, okay. Really I just want to make sure. That I, I wanna, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take us also, you know, sometimes. We'll be on the bullshit. <laughs> you know we're at 941, right? I know. I just looked at the time. I'm like, wow. You know, we could always, there's just so much stuff to unpack. And oh, don't do that. That is so trite. You sound like one of them. We're going to unpack this and develop. We're going to unpack this and understand. We're going right. to unpack this, this is, and digest it. I'm not unpacking but, anything. Let me rephrase. There's so much frustration that we need to get out and let people know about. 
better? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Trisha, I have a question. Answer. Do we ever get any comments? Yes. Or or criticisms? No criticism. People actually like really? it. I'm surprised because we're a hot mess. Well, come on. So we have a a person from the islands, a person from Puerto Rico, a white Irish Catholic. How come another another person who's a Spanish background from the Bronx, from Brooklyn, from Queens? How could we not be liked? We are fantastic. We just got a comment. Uh, Somebody said this was extremely informative, ladies. Really? Yeah, see, people like us. Ooh, love it. People too. <laughs> wait, people are wait, on. And, wait, see? I love that uh, Flow Show said, say it again, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Flow Show. What did I say? <laughs> Flo you <show>. said, <laughs> appreciate you. Well, you said like about the unpacking, I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, bullshit. Listen to us. People tune in are entertained by us. Yes. And we do and so people We are that, public public service. Yes. yes. People that don't have kids with disabilities, people that have kids with disabilities, people that grandparents, you know, aunts, uncles. We got people, there's people. We got people. Okay. And I'm going to have my people talk to your people tomorrow. You should. Okay. We'll have them on packet. I'm doing another interview this week. So, Uh-oh. where? Where? Oh, she's back. PBS News Hour. Oh, she's yes. back on the, on the rotation. What night? What night? I don't know. <laughs> I'm Maria. Yes, I'm back on rotation. They call the people call me back in, you know. People. <laughs> they call me, they tap me in, I'm going back in. I, I was going to on Tuesday. Tuesday, you gotta let us know. I yes. I am I am. Once I once I lock it in, I'm gonna let you know. I gotta look presentable, so that's one. You always look presentable. Not right now. I look crazy. Oh, no, but, you don't. <laughs> but but but. All right. So this has been wonderful, as per usual. I really appreciate you ladies for always showing up and showing out, giving your opinions and your sharing. Not holding back. Yeah, not (laughs) holding back. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I really do. (laughs) But we had two weeks unpacking of unpacking to do. I know. I know. I'm ready to pack my shit. I still don't get this. I (laughs) I still don't get this thing about going into the woods. Therapeutic, Ellen. You should try it. You know what, Ellen? I'm gonna kidnap you one of these days, and I'm gonna. No way, honey. I'm not even gonna tell you. I'm just gonna tell you we're going to the bar and pack an overnight bag. Oh no, honey. (laughs) Absolutely not. I did my time. Oh my god. (laughs) I did my time in a small town up in uh, um, upstate New York. Blue Beach. Where? I did my time. Oh. I did my time in New Hampshire in another tiny place. I took out horseback rides from different uh, hotels that were near bed. 
I slept out in the country. I slept out in a in a cow in a cow pasture. I slept out. I've done that. Been there. It ain't that fun. All right. Well, I, you'd never hang out with me, so I'm gonna hook you up. Don't worry about it. I'll I'll plan ah. everything. <laughs> So, that we will have to film. <laughs> so I think next week we should because technically the kids start remote learning orientation this week. So next yeah. week we will have comments on that. Can't wait. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So and don't um, and don't hold back, Maria. I please was just gonna go. say I will, go. you know, try to curb my Profanity. No, 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 go back. Look, look, this is not public radio. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so, uh, until next week, until I pray, it, it, I don't know. I, I feel like by next week we'll have like 35 cases. So, and then school will be shut down. But until then, I love to get ladies. Dearly. Oh, love you, we love you too, girl. Have a good night. It's a love fest oh. here. I know. Say good night. Good night, ladies. Good night. Good night. Good night.